Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, my name is Tony Kerr and with me this week it's Gareth Bravo. Hi Tony. Just the two of us, Gareth. Yeah, very cosy. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to talk about though, um, home and away. Um, we'll touch on um, uh, what well, busy week for Joe Adams, uh, uh, frustrating um, and perhaps uh, infuriating uh, away trip for GFC, uh, and a busy weekend of domestic action as well with the Stranger Cup uh, getting underway. We'll hear from under 18s coach Jordy Kelly after his side um, kicked off the competition with a 4 0 win against Rangers, and a couple of other domestic talking points as well this week. Um, uh, let's talk about someone, yeah, who mentioned at the top who's had a, a very uh, eventful week um, is. Uh, Joe Adams, um, who of course has been at Wigan um, for, well, I guess about 18 months now. Um, uh, former college and Saints player uh, here in Guernsey, and he's sort of taken a quite a different path into professional football to, you know, to the players that we've spoken a lot about um, on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, he's joined Morecambe um, on loan until the end of the season. He was straight into their starting lineup um, on Saturday for the game against Mansfield. And yeah, by all accounts, uh, did very well. Uh, but yeah, not the first Guernsey player to make his way to Morecambe. <laughs> No, he's following in the footsteps of uh, our, our now joint Morassi uh, coach, Ryan Zico-Black, who, who graced uh, Morecambe's pitch uh, probably best part of 15 years ago now, I'd have thought, oh, something like that. But uh, no, it's, it's great for Joe Adams to get this sort of move because obviously he's been involved with Wigan's under-21s for, like you say, o- over a year now. And you just it, it, you sort of get to that stage where you're around 1920. You need to pretty much see if you can make that step up into senior football. Um, I've just uh, been watching an interview with Joe after the game for Morecambe on the weekend, and he did say it's just a more physical style of football. And um, so you don't know if these lads are going to be capable of doing it. But he, he was, by all accounts, very impressive. Um, the coach at Morecambe, Jed Brannan, has really talked up um, Joe's performance. He was actually named man of the match. He played 82 minutes. Um, apparently his running was off the charts he, he just showed a lot of quality as well on the ball particularly in the first sort of five ten minutes I think Joe wanted to get the sort of other like, fans behind him and, and they very much were and uh, no it's 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 going to be a great experience for him it's nice that he's going to get this chance he, they've Morecambe obviously got him in to play first team football for the rest of the season and now it's just it's a case of whether he can grab that opportunity but they got a good one all draw with Mansfield who are sort of seen as one of the big boys in league two they're the second at the moment in the league table Morecambe started the day I think 17th so that that's a decent result for Morecambe and they thought they deserved a lot more as well out the game so um, yeah fingers crossed it's the start of a good spell for, for Joe there Yeah it's really good to see isn't it um, uh, Kevin Kevin Graham uh, replied to uh, our tweet uh, over the weekend, um, former Ireland manager Kevin Graham, of course. Um, he said, very impressed with Joe yesterday. A lot of young players allow first team football to pass them by, but Joe was heavily involved from the get-go. Um, takes self-belief and character to do that. Always positive, wanting to get on the ball. Uh, next goal, do that for 10 to 15 games. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, really good start for him um, at Morecambe. And we're hoping to speak to Joe later in the week. So we should have a, a full interview with him um, on this podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, uh, let's move on to Guernsey FC uh, well an eventful week for Joe Adams an eventful day for GFC <laughs> and their squad uh, on the road um, at Badshot Lee on Saturday and I know you've been speaking to Tony Vance today um, it was a, a 4-2 defeat but um, decisions uh, kind of well various decisions uh, probably feeling like they cost them yeah as, as, I think Vance used the, the phrase key moments sort of once every 10 seconds <laughs> during the time I was on the phone to him but it's understandable obviously um, GFC are in quite confident mood at the moment they went to Badshot Lee believing they'd be able to come away with a result 
and um, by all accounts they they played pretty well. But yeah, there was a couple of very key decisions within the game uh, that went against them. Um, obviously, you'd imagine um, the opposition probably thought they were the right decisions, but. You, um, the great thing nowadays is, of course, that we've got footage of these incidents because GFC um, film their, all their games, whatever, and it is available to see. And one of them um, came just before half time when, um, with Badshot Lee leading 2 1, uh, Charlton Govine had a goal disallowed with uh, for offside, but it was um, Ross Allen who the flag went up against. And sort of watching the footage, obviously, we're at an angle to it. Um, the decision does look a bit of a strange one because certainly when the ball is played forward, Ross is definitely not offside. He's got a defender marking him closely. And then the ball sort of uh, rebounds loose. Uh, Ross is, actually loses sight of where the ball is. And so he's just basically spinning, looking for the ball as Charlton Govine comes, collects it. And he, he, he actually nudges the ball past Ross and fires home. And it, it looks like a good goal. Um, but the flag went up. Ross was given offside, and I know GFC were were very unhappy with that decision. They 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 didn't. They thought it was probably a tight call anyway. But Ross wasn't actually interfering with play in their eyes. So they went into half time um, rather frustrated. Let's say um, they felt they should have been two all, um, and then sort of caught now into the second half, right on the hour mark. Um, Tom Dodds goes in for a tackle, and he goes in strong, firm, but certainly from my eyes, admittedly perhaps a bit biased eyes, uh, it's it's a fair challenge. He actually gets the ball and it is very much with his leading foot. His, his trailing foot is actually sort of under him. It's, it's a proper slide tackle sort of thing. Um, um, and it ends up, he the, the whistle goes and you see the whole GFC um, team are dis- disappointed with the decision of the free kick, let alone what then follows, which is a red card, a straight red card for what apparently, um, obviously I wasn't there, so I, I, this is sort of going from what was reported, they, was initially seen as a two-footed challenge, which it certainly wasn't. Um, so that will be something which I think GFC are going to review the footage closely and then I wouldn't be surprised if they appealed that. I, I don't know how the referee will report the incident, whether he just thinks it's reckless or what have you, but it, it, it certainly looks a, a very harsh red card. And that's when the game is still at 2-1 and they sort of go on to lose 4-2. But, you know, if those two decisions had gone for them, you never know how it could have ended up. So, yeah, I can understand why um, Tony walked away frustrated in, in that uh, instance. Well, yeah, and Tom Dodds as well is the sort of, he's the embodiment of the kind of, he's not, not that kind of player, isn't he? I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Tom, Judge is, Tom Dodds is a very good judge of when the ball is available for a challenge, you know, yeah. he, he will not dive in at any for anything, you know. And as far as I'm concerned, he does get the ball. And you know, it, the, the nature of those challenges is the other, the opposition, the other, the opposite player, the opponent will feel the force of some of the challenge. Typically, in these cases, they sort of make the most of that sort of force. But it's, I mean, I, I. I don't think it's a free kick. It's certainly not a yellow card or a red card. And but you know, in that instance, obviously the referee doesn't have the hindsight of of the replays. Might have you? Obviously, went against GFC, and and then you're really climbing a mountain when you're two one down and down to ten men against a against a decent side. So yeah, things certainly seem to go against GFC that afternoon. Yeah, the goals from Matt Loring and Charlton Govine, and um, yeah, uh, uh, well. 
almost landmark goal, I guess, from from Matt Loring, um, but a notable goal uh, indeed. Someone we've spoken about a fair amount this season um, as one of, if not the stand-up players for for GFC um, this term. Uh, yeah, he's moved level with Dom Yom on 92 goals as the uh, joint second top scorer. Um, yeah, in the club's history, which is uh, yeah a fantastic achievement. Yeah, for sure. Um, thing is with Matt, we like you said, we have spoken about Matt quite a lot this season. I think that's just I think he's taken on his sort of leadership role within the group really well this year. With with the youngsters coming into the GFC group, Matt has obviously taken it upon his own shoulders to say, right, I've got to be an influential figure. But he's sort of proving it with his performances and and his output. And uh, to get up to ninety two goals for GFC is a great achievement. Um, there's still a few behind the leading scorer. I think probably by the best part of a couple of hundred. But um, yeah, um, to join Dom Yom, who was sort of outstanding player, obviously in his own right. Um, I mean, I I'd imagine Dom Yom still keeps himself in such shape that he could almost be playing for GFC now. Obviously, his his sort of other commitments have, have sort of taken over. Um, but you imagine Matt Loring, he, he could get well past the 100 mark in, in the next couple of years because he's certainly keeping himself in great shape. And uh, yeah, um, he seems to have a great appetite for the game at the moment. Yeah, nice little stat from Saturday. Um, it's definitely starting to take shape. Is at the bottom of Isthmian South Central. Um, you know, most of the teams now uh, having played sort of 22, 23 games. Um, uh, Guernsey, just one place uh, outside the, the bottom two, the relegation spots, but five points clear of Corinthian casuals who are below them um, and with a game in hand as well. So um, so that's good. They uh, Corinthian casuals lost at Sutton Common Rovers um, at the weekend. And it's pretty tight, isn't it? Just four points separating um, GFC in 19th and Chipstead in 15th. And Chipstead, one of the sides coming to Foots Lane this month. So um, I'm sure that's one they're already looking at. Um, uh, a Wednesday night uh, kickoff. If I've got two Wednesday nights to come before, before the end of this month. Um, three uh, home games for the Green Lions and next up uh, it's Thatcham Town at Foots Lane on Saturday in a two o'clock kickoff. So uh, yeah, we'll be uh, right across that one. Um, let's talk about what was happening uh, on Ireland. Um, the Stranger Cup got underway. Yeah, some interesting scorelines, some interesting performances. Uh, I'll quickly rattle through it. Um, St Martins beat Bells 3-2. It was a, a one-all draw between Wreck and Sylvans. Um, quite remarkable uh, second half uh, at Rovers um, nil nil they were drawing with North at half time went behind and came back to win 6-1 <laughs> um, and there was a 4 nil win for Guernsey's under 18s in their opening game against Rangers um, we'll hear from Geordie Kelly in a moment but yeah interesting starts to the competition <laughs> Yeah, it is. And uh, obviously the way the format works is sort of two groups of four and um, our editor, James Fuller, has already called Group B the group of death because it contains Rex, Sylvans, North and Rovers. So that's that's a big win for Rovers in more than just a scoreline because to get off to a winning start in that group is, is really important. And yeah, they've got a couple of goals each there for Max Simpson-Cohen and Charlie Platt, who have um, been in really good form. Certainly, I was really impressed with both of them last week when they beat uh, North in the Prio League. Um, Dale Webb, the veteran striker, he was on the score sheet as well. And James Grundy, who missed last week through illness. He was back and he, he was scored for uh, Rovers. That all came after Joe Alvarez had given North an early lead in that second half. So yeah, it, was, it seems a quite an entertaining 45 minutes there at Portsmouth. Yeah, probably the one to be at. Yeah. Um, Let's hear a bit more about the game involving Guernsey's under-18s. Of course, um, winners of the tournament a couple of years ago uh, with a different group, obviously. Um, but yeah, back in contention and um, yeah, this competition forming a key part of their preparation for the under-18 Marathi um, over in Jersey that's coming up. Um, they beat Rangers 4-0. Um, the goals from Zach Batiste, Alex Ward and a brace from Zach Gilman. And a little earlier on, me and Gareth caught up with their manager, Jordan Kelly. 
talk us through that opening game then because uh yeah pretty pretty solid uh, result to kick off the stranger yeah it, it was a great result to be honest um like with the score we, we've got it's quite a strong strong squad like for me personally and i mean to get a 4-0 win against a, like one of the more informed progressive pros it was definitely a great result and good confidence booster for the lads yeah, and you've got a quite a large squad, haven't you, to to kind of work with. Um, how difficult was it to to kind of pick a starting eleven from that? Yeah, it was tough to be honest. We had well, we did a trial in-house trial game of thirty-four players, and it was cut down to a group of twenty for the Stranger Cup. And picking, and we had everyone available. So actually, picking a group that was relatively new to us as coaches and stuff was tough. But the ones that started and the ones that came on showed that they were worthy enough to play for the, for the badge, so that was good. Uh, going into sort of games like this, Geordie, certainly the first game of the Stranger with the with the under-18s, do you sort of have, I suppose it's a bit of a going into the unknown with each, sort of every year, uh, do you sort of look at your side thinking, I wonder how they'll cope physically as well as sort of technically in those games? Yeah, it's something that we take into consideration. It's, like as me and Tony have discussed previously, for the way I like to run these teams is massive on team culture and the players picked are ones that I believe can mentally hack it and a lot of them have had Prio experience or are regular within their Prio teams. So yeah, it's definitely a massive factor and I think the lads showed on Friday that they're they're more than worthy to ke- to cope uh, to cope at that level and even we had a couple of sixteen year olds that are new to senior football and they cope very, very well. And have you sort of like, I mean, I don't know how much you've told the squad in terms of what you're planning to do within the Stranger Cup group. Because, I mean, you, obviously you get sort of three group games guaranteed straight away. I mean, have, have you sort of told the, the group members that they're all going to be involved in those three games? Or how, how are you going to work it? Yeah, so within the groups, we've got a group of 20. Um, they've all shared their availability. So I'm kind of planning, like we've got our squads planned and some are away got one lad who's not 16 until the last game so yeah they're all going to get relative minutes um to kind of so they will get a fair chance to show what they can do but ultimately you want to work with a group that you feel comfortable with to prepare for the Marathi as that's the ultimate aim so yeah they're all they're all understood the culture and aware that they will all get their chances providing the time's right yeah is it possible to pick out anyone um from the game against Rangers that that really stood out for you that you that you're impressed by yeah, I think so. Well, we had like, as a collective, they were all all really, really, really good and outstanding. But like Zach Batiste, who was obviously playing against his club, who who's a proven striker at Premier level, really, really stood out in terms of energy and quality. Rio Baldic was very, very tenacious up front, um, and he's someone who's desperate and he's openly shared it with us that he really wants to to play for the Guernsey badge. But and our captain Alex Ward, another noticeable person who plays at Premier level, and someone like Ben Wilson who actually was playing out of position for us but again it shows a culture that he's willing to do what he wants for the team but as a collective they're all really really good and for you as a coach obviously you've enjoyed Maratti's success uh well you enjoyed two Maratti wins in 2023 um uh, 18s and 21s level so I mean you now must have a good sense of, of what you need from a squad to, to get a job done on Maratti day do, do you get that feeling um in this group yeah, a really good feeling. Obviously, some of them were involved with me last year, some involved with me at the 21s as well. So it's nice to, like, we've got a good building build block of how we like to do things and the players really, really buy in. And it seems a really, really confident group, like coming into a nice positive culture. And the lads are really, really friendly, which is nice. 
and I guess tough to compare um, with previous groups, but um, you know the under 18s won the Stranger a couple of years ago. Um, is there any reason why this squad can't repeat that feat this time around? It's one of them. I'd like to think that. I mean, with the culture in place and the group we've got, based on the first game, we've got a really positive building block. But we'll take it each game at a time. Obviously, if we can keep going and progress into the knockouts, be a great achievement for a group of under 18s. But we'll take it game by game and use it as preparation to get to the Marathi. Yeah, and in terms of like the format of the stranger, you've got off to a great start. But I imagine you probably realise that with the Rangers having a lot of sort of like good juniors as well who are going to be involved with your group in in this competition, you've probably in the group with with no disrespect to Rangers, you've probably started with like the the easier of the of your three games. So you imagine it'll probably get tougher from now on, don't you? Yeah, I mean, like definitely getting off to three points was a good good start for us, and obviously Rangers were slightly weaker considering we had a couple of a couple of their players. But ultimately, like you say, three points is probably the best start we can get. And then we got Bowers on Friday, so hopefully we can build on that, and then it kind of allows us to then potentially think about the next next part of the group stage. But yeah, it's definitely definitely good to get three points at the start. Well, thanks very much for sparing a bit of time. Uh, good to just check in on uh, on that under-18 group. And yeah, best of luck for the rest of the competition. Amazing. Thank you very much, Tony and Gareth. Cheers, Jordy. Thanks for your time, mate. Jordy Kelly speaking to us there. Um, yeah, four more games in The Stranger this week. Um, it's Bells uh, next for the under-18s on Friday night alongside Saints and Rangers. And then on Saturday, um, it's Sylvans against Rovers and Rec against North. So, um, yeah, that group of death, um, yeah, set to hot up on Saturday. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the great thing about a group of four is that you need to, you can afford to lose one, but you can't afford to lose any more than that. Um, it's interesting that the cup holders Rec started with a with a one all draw against Sylvans, who are obviously missing a few with them having a few under 18s as well. But um, also great to see uh, Will Fazakli making his debut for Valrec back in um, football action. It's nice to see he came on, I think, after an hour um, and uh, made a bit of an impact for Rec. But uh, yeah, they'll be perhaps hoping he can get on the score sheet a few times in this competition as they look to retain the trophy. Yeah, really good to see him back involved um, in football. Of course, Scott Guernsey's Marathi goal um, last May. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll enjoy the rest of the season and, and make a contribution um, in the Premier League. Um, yeah, really good to see. Uh, whilst we're on the subject of the Premier League, though, uh, it's another forward who's picked up um, the Player of the Month for December, uh, and that is Sylvan's uh, Simon Arnold. Yeah, he's uh, he's looked really impressive whenever I've seen him this this season, and um, the the Player of the Month is now sort of like. Um, voted for or, or sort of contributed to by by opposition coaches as well so he, he's obviously seen as a as a big danger by the, those who play against him and um yeah he's he's had a big impact for Sylvans and he's also obviously featured once or twice already for for GFC as well so he's got a, a lot of potential Simon and um, it's good to see him make it such a big impact and Sylvans are playing really well of late and that, that's a, that was actually a good draw for them considering the, the the juniors they were missing to to hold a strong rec side to one all um would be, would be pretty pleasing for John Collinet their their coach yeah well done to Simon uh right I think that's probably about it from us this week um bit of a, a shorter one but we'll be back next week um 
uh yeah with another guns press football podcast and every monday for the rest of the season so stick with us um give us a follow on social media if you aren't already at gsy press sport um is the place to go there make sure you're following or subscribing to the pod as well um wherever you get your shows um to get each episode uh, delivered straight to you and the very best way to support what we're doing here is to pick up a copy of the paper six days a week where you'll find the very best local sports coverage uh thanks very much gareth thanks to Rioi, and we'll see you next week cheers tony Thank you.